Hello listeners, Keith here. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to acknowledge the heartbreaking news many of us have heard about over the last 24 hours. Sadly, we must say goodbye to two of the absolute legends of Rip City, John Curry and Bill Shonley. I believe there isn't a single Blazers fan out there who hasn't seen a game through John's lens or been lifted up by the enthusiasm in Bill's voice. Both have been pillars of the team and fan experience for longer than I've been on this earth, and while they will both be missed beyond what words can describe, they will live on in our hearts and minds forever. I'm sure Chris and I will discuss this more next episode after we've had some time to process, but for now I just want to say thank you John and thank you Bill for all the love you've given us. Rest in peace. Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of these interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional Christopher Joseph Burkhart. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, rocking this Hawaiian time Oregonian thing to the to the greatest over here. Go from being five minutes ahead of schedule to 40 minutes behind, and that's how we do. How's your last week been, man? Outside the Blazers, which uh, you know, hey, what a difference a week makes. We'll get into all that, but uh, how have you been? How's butterscotch? How's the new hamster? <laughs> all right. Yes, that was the, <laughs> the 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 terribleness of the last week. We had to we had to lay one hamster to rest and go buy another, and butterscotch is. Uh, a- acclimating to the Burkhart household very well. The girls nice. are in love very quickly, so uh, things are looking up there. But uh, I-, I did uh, uh, call my mom and everything and said I'm officially a parent, and she's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I'm like, well, you know, it took us seven years, but I had to bury a pet. Like, I feel like that that is a rite of passage as a parent to <laughs> have to break that news to your child, and then you're in tears because your child's in tears, and it's just like, oh, my goodness. But we got yeah, through well- it. You got you got through it, and and butterscotch Burkhart is part of the family now. And rest in peace, chocolate milk. Long live chocolate milk. Uh, <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah, um, we uh, uh, we we don't we don't have a new pet over here, but I gotta say, uh, our guy Seth, shout out to him. He posted something in the Discord the other day, yesterday. One of our other friends in the Rip City universe has been fostering dogs, uh, and they have a very very cute Great Dane pup. Uh, and Seth posted this in our Discord, in the Pets channel, and and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, because because me and Abby, we've got we've got our 13 year old pug Toby, we've got our two and a half Shepherd mix Q, uh, and you know I'm I'm trying to push for like let's get Q a little friend, let's get someone new in here. And uh, in, in my opinion, you know I'm sure as you as another dog person can relate, it's always easier to maybe start that new relationship with the next dog before uh you have to say goodbye to the other one uh at least in my experience so yeah i'm, I'm trying to twist abby's arm see if we can get a little great dane pup in house here because he's adorable and he matches the color scheme and everything like the black dog with the white chest he, he'd, he'd be a perfect addition to the family plus he has like some great dame name going on I'll, I'll let you know how that goes though we'll, we'll keep the the pets 
updated here on the intro of the show each week. And listeners, if you have any pet news yourself or if you have any music or movie stuff, we've been talking Last of Us in the Discord as well, the, the show coming out on HBO and beautiful work of art game, as you put it. Uh, fans, if you want to get in on any of those conversations, what you should do is come and join the Discord. Let's get this in here. We've got our podcast. You can come and join us f- for live episodes. We've got a bunch of other podcasts, other content creators. We've got the Third Bench Ticket Group. We've got game chats when some of us are actually home for games and not in the arena itself, which won't happen as often coming up because we got this big homestand coming. There's going to be a lot of in-arena nights where the game chats might be a little sparse, but lots of other stuff to do. So come and join the Discord. The link is in the episode description. As always, we will get to the Blazers. We got a lot to talk about and a lot more fun stuff to talk about than just kind of the, the, the doom and gloom from last week. We will get there. But first things first, as always, Chris, as always, Chris, the internationally renowned, universally loved love, hugs and hate mail. Where are you taking us first for your love this week? No, I'm just going to be nice and send my love to you. On Courtside yeah. Monday, you sent me a text. You, first off, uh, well, you, you need love because the day that you were having that Monday when you texted me. Oh, like my it God. Was a, uh, the, the day from Hood River Hell. Uh, but but you sent me a, you sent me a text. You told me, like, is something going on with the radio? Like, you just randomly cut to Fox Sports, like, Covino and Rich or something. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Let me check. So I call it, and it's the radio. It's me. I'm like, okay. So we're on radio. Must just had a little, little weird app connection on your end. We've had some board issues and stuff, just some weird technical glitches happening. We call them the ghosts of Rip City Radio. <laughs> Yesterday during the Blazer game, we started to get a few phone calls. And they're like, yeah, I was just uh, calling because I, I, uh, I can't hear you guys on the app. It's just dead air. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So Chad and I started troubleshooting. We think we fixed it. And I, I, we put in a ticket. IT had been helping us and all that. But we think we fix it. But I, I, I got to use your text as some evidence in my ghost hunting adventures. Nice. It was, you know, the paranormal. <laughs> like, that was a Class A EVP that you sent me. So <laughs> so shout out to you for, for helping us uh, troubleshoot some of our technical difficulties, even though you didn't mean to. Oh, I'm, I'm always happy to help uh, debug some some radio or some apps and stuff. And, you know, uh, as soon as, if, if you guys have ghosts, if you need a, a permanent ghost hunter over there, you tell Chad to give me a call. I'll, I'll come right full, on Full in. disclosure, too. <laughs> after that show ended Monday, mm-hmm. no joke. I, I, I leave the studio. I'm going just it's a straight shot right down the road to the on ramp. And everywhere, everywhere you go, it's 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 a grid right there where the where the um the offices so everything's you know crossroads every stop four-way stops and all this no joke this little red suv just blows a stop sign i no. don't have to stop they have a stop sign <laughs> i'm i don't have to stop blows the stop sign goes right in front of me and i have to you know hit the brakes and come like you know feet from hitting t-boning them after the the incidents you were in and i'm like dude there is something in the air in portland <laughs> on monday oh so, man oh my goodness yeah, it's it's funny. I had a really safe, uh, happy Friday the Thirteenth. We we went out with some friends. We had some some nice drinks and a, a nice evening out together, which is a, a rarity recently. Uh, so yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, the day that's supposed to be so troublesome and chaotic, was was nice and pleasant and calm. And then along comes Monday, what sixteenth, and just blows my world to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. I can throw that in for some hate mail, but let me get my love in here first. Our guy Seth is having a baby. Congratulations, he's adding another to the family. He shared it on Discord the other day. Seth shared it with all of us, and congratulations to him. Always cool to see another member of the Rip City family coming in. Also, 
We had a love last week that we kind of saved to the end of the pod, but it was a big enough love that it's worth repeating today. Let's give another congratulations and shout out to Brooke Olsendam, hey! Oregon Sportscaster of the Year and friend of the show. She's been on here before. we got to get her back in. She is very well deserving. Both Brooke and Ann Peterson, who has also been on the show, another friend of the show, both won the award this year. So congratulations to both Brooke and Ann. Very deserving, wonderful reporting women in our, our local scene here. <laughs> Got any hugs this week? Oh, I think I think it's 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 got to go to the Blazers injury report. I'm mean, I'm giving it a hug because right now listed is out in the last few games has only been Justice Winslow mm. and having having a very very empty injury report. It's like seeing a, a long lost friend that you haven't seen in years. <laughs> like you're, you're you're picking them up at the airport and they walk out the door to curbside pickup and you just you just embrace. And you're just like, bro, my God, it's been so long. And you just, you just give that friend of yours one big giant hug. I'm giving a hug to the Blazers injury report for finally being fairly empty. Fairly empty. Yeah, it's like you see that friend. You're like, oh, dude, so good to see you. Hey, you remember back when? You remember all those times when we did this stuff? You remember when we were healthy? Remember when we used to play games and be able to compete and have a have good production off the bench? Good times. All right, well, my <laughs> my hugs are going to star players not getting foul calls. We've seen both LeBron and Dame this, this week have very big games. Dame went off for 50 against Cleveland, 44 against Denver last night. LeBron went off for 48 against the Rockets. Both of these players, after their games, were calling out the refs. We're calling out the officials for inconsistencies. I think LeBron was actually where he responded to some other fan that said, oh, the, the conspiracy about trying to keep the Lakers down. And LeBron was like, and all year they keep telling me to my face on the court, I didn't see it or it wasn't a foul. It's not making any sense. And, you know, he's, I'm sure, I don't know if he got fined for that one or not. But Dame last night after the Denver game had some, you know, for Dame, pretty direct comments too about the officiating saying that things just aren't, it seemed like they just every time they came down the floor there was a whistle but not on the other end and you know he's he's trying to be he's trying to maybe sit on the fence and not call the refs out directly but i wouldn't be surprised if he got fined for that as well how about your hate let's keep flying through these we got game, uh, game action to talk about where are you sending your hate mail this week hate mail still goes out to uh the grim reaper again striking one more time this time Striking the wrestling community where Jay Briscoe uh, was in a car wreck yesterday and passed away. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, news reports coming out, his two kids were in the car with him and they were injured. Doesn't seem like foul play or anything, just a, obviously an accident. But he was a guy who was well-respected in wrestling circles, um, just like everybody. He's had He had some skeletons. When you listen to the outpouring of love that this guy has gotten from inside the wrestling community, I mean, so this guy never wrestled for WWE, but you have WWE wrestlers and Triple H and... Uh, guys high up on the ladder sending their condolences out wwe mm. even uh, addressed it on one of their broadcasts last night and the thing is this guy was he was only 38 years old um, wow. and by all accounts all this guy cared about was his wife and his two daughters and so just a just a pure family man who showed a lot of love to the wrestling community and a lot of love to his peers had some instances in the past but like most people say like uh it he was given a chance to fix those and he did. So you got to respect that. It just sucks when, when the wrestling community loses someone uh, so respected, one of the greatest, probably independent wrestlers of all time. Like the dude mm. was phenomenal. And I mean, uh, you'll understand why I say, why I say he said stuff <laughs> derogatory in character. Cause you could go look him up and look at his character and his character portrayal was through the roof. Good. And gotcha. creepy because, but like, uh, <laughs> but by all accounts, like uh, when you listen to people talk about this man, it was no, no, no. The character 
that he portrayed on TV is nothing like the man that you actually right. know. So it's always unfortunate when it's something like this that, that takes a, a talented performer away from the art that people love. So I hate, that's my hate mail. Last week, I didn't have any hate mail. I just went with kind of the sadness of watching the Blazers <laughs> rolling downhill, as it were, uh, at the time. And again, we'll get to the, how that has changed. But this week, Chris, I came prepared with extra hate mail. I, I you know, I was going to mention the drivers in Hood River, like, like we talked about from Monday. I got smashed into the side of my vehicle when I was turning to the grocery store parking lot by someone who just was not paying attention. That's frustrating, frustrating way to end a Monday. Although it sounds like it's not just Hood River drivers if you're dealing with the same thing on your end. I was also going to bring up some hate about... The, the Last of Us, the series is coming out on HBO Max, and I was going to give some hate for it being on HBO Max. It's the one streaming service that I don't seem to be subscribed to right now. We got Netflix, we got Amazon, we got Hulu, but one of the streaming services we let go of was HBO Max, and now I got to get back on it because I got to watch that show. The Last of Us <laughs> it looks so good, and the game is... I, I had never played the game before. I've been getting to that now, and like you mentioned in Discord the other day, you know, Days Gone, a, sur a zombie survival game based up here in Oregon, it's supposed to be about around Bend, and it's nice. It's got some kind of very local aesthetic to it. Uh, it's a fun game. It's a fun open world sandbox. But La The Last of Us, another zombie survival game, this is art. It's just on a different level as far as the storytelling, the cinematics, the game mechanics, all of it. It's, it's beautiful. It's great. And I'm sure the shows as well. So HBO Max, you will be getting my money. <laughs> now, those those two aside, the, the third and final hate that I'm bringing up here setting the wrong kinds of records now we've seen dame set some awesome milestones this year he is the blazers leading franchise scorer but last night at bronco squatch on twitter noted that last night in denver was dame's fifth game of 40 plus points in a loss to the nuggets and that is apparently the most times any player has scored 40 plus against the nuggets and lost that's not fun <laughs> hey man playing in denver it's a house of horrors for the blazers so it has been it has been so yeah let's talk about the games and how much difference the last week has made when we were on here last we had just given up the game against orlando and then right after we recorded we gave up the game against against cleveland where like i said dame scored 50 points in that one and uh we almost beat cleveland we had him for most of the game and then i think just couldn't put it together for like the last five minutes uh of of that fourth quarter and and ended up costing us but after that we collected two wins against the dallas mavericks and chris you said last week that we'd be lucky to split against dallas so you know look if we're gonna drop games to orlando and give up close ones to cleveland that we at least we can come back and go over the top against luca and the mavs and honestly yeah, buddy. This, this was i i feel like I, we got to almost completely credit both of those wins to gary payton too because he just absolutely hounded Luca for the entire game that I was at on Saturday. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Abby and I went with a bunch of other friends from the third bench. Shout out to the third bench. Hey! Come and join Discord if you want to hang out with them. Link is in the episode description. Great game on Saturday. Lots of fun. We were even sitting next to a couple of Mavs fans, and they were pretty nice people. They weren't too bad overall. Obviously, it was a little easier to appreciate them when we had a, a good game and were crushing the Mavs for, for the most part. But yeah, that was very largely due to Gary Payton's defense on Luka. And then Luka didn't play Sunday. And as we've talked about before, the Mavs, much like the Blazers, are a flawed team where they have some strengths but they have some weaknesses and if things don't all go right for them sometimes that's all it takes and when you if you take dame out of a game for us that puts us in a lot of jeopardy similar with the mavericks when you take luca out they just they i don't i don't think there was much hope left for them at that point no no not at all dude i mean the, the people, blazer fan doesn't want to admit it but that that dallas team 
has a lot in common <laughs> with, yeah. with with the Blazers, okay? In the fact that they are driven by one megastar with some really, really good auxiliary pieces. Like, I think Christian Wood is a good piece. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good piece. Dorian Finney-Smith's a good piece, right? Uh, depth questions and lacking a second true star next to Luka, right? To take off a... Uh, some of the pressure and you can look even look at like the run last year compared to how they're looking this year how they looked all year last year you're like oh man western conference finals for the mavs that's weird well <laughs> 2019 right oh man western conference finals for the blazers that's weird like there's a lot of par- parallels here fortunately for blazer fan i think the roster top to bottom is better i'd rather have be working oh, yeah. with the blazer roster top end of the mavs uh might be just a little bit better i mean luke is a freak um but no there's some parallels there whether you want to admit it or not there are there are and i i agree i think you know, luca is luca's got a slight edge over dame both of them being superstars in their way but oh, I, I would slight. take the blazers what? It ain't slight. no 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 it ain't slight <laughs> So anyway, then there was this game against Denver last night, <laughs> and, and uh, much like the Cleveland game where Dame dropped 50 and we almost won, but they squeaked out the win over us and, and we had to take the L. The game in uh, the game in Denver against the Nuggets, Dame drops 44 points, and honestly, this was never even close. Despite the 44, it just the lead just stretched further and further away from us. I think we opened the game actually with Nurk hitting a three. So right off the bat, I'm like, yes. Nurk and his rivalry match, he, they set him up right off the bat and he hits it. And then he hit another three in the first quarter. So right off the bat, I'm like, okay, here we go. This is going to be our, our kind of night. Let's keep the threes going. If we can beat Denver from deep, it gives us a good fighting chance. And it didn't. <laughs> the The lead just kept getting stretched out. I don't think we ever really came closer than we were in the first quarter. And, and you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by yep, the the, end largest, of the night, largest lead of the night for the Nuggets was 20. Like, I, I got to go back through some of these games, man, because I feel like the Blazers got to be setting some sort of awful NBA record or pace for the amount of times they've trailed by 20 at any given point in a, in a game, right? Like, <laughs> There's it, a lot, uh, it, man. It, yeah, it feels like it, it happens a lot. This game, though, was um, kind of, as you were saying, Keith, never in question, uh, never in question. Denver kind of had it from the jump really knew that they were in control even when they were trailing they trailed by as many uh, as five in this one uh it is another tough game for the blazers uh again the 44 points uh from dame was nice not a big fan of 14 from anthony simons like 14 you gave him money and you want him to be the guy he like this is my thing with ant we talked about this last week too yeah the consistency i love i love ant I, i think there's a lot of talent there I just don't know if he's going to be the guy on any team at this point. Like, I just think he is a piece. Like, he 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 hasn't made that jump to me that he should have made this year, right? Everyone looked at last year and thought there was going to be the jump, uh, but that was without Dame and by himself and this and that, very similar to, like, what people thought of Jeremy Grant being, like, the only cog in, in Detroit. The only difference was Jeremy Grant showing that he can play alongside a guy like Dame. Ant's really up and down. Jeremy Grant looks almost as good next to Dame as he did on his own in Detroit. Yeah. Like, he's holding it together completely. I, I like, feel I'm like not though- upset that Jeremy Grant had 18 points last night. Would you have liked him to have more? Yes, but that's also kind of in line with what a lot of people expect from Jeremy Grant. He's had better games this year, but that's just not an awful performance. Ant should be at 20 every single night. Like, he's your shooting guard. Your Go shooting shoot, guard. make buckets. But 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 14, and that happens far uh, more often than not, unfortunately. Uh, i just like to see that improve a little bit and have him really take that leap, man. 
Would you agree that so I, I think part of the issue here, and again, we've talked about this plenty before, when we drafted Penny, when we got him in here, Neil O'Shea had all those comments about, oh, he's the next Dame. He's going to be filling Dame's shoes in no time. And Dame, being a good uh, employee, a good star and ambassador, he's towing the company line. He's saying, yeah, this kid's got it. He's going to be the next one. There's nothing wrong with saying that. He's not misleading us by saying that. Neil Neil was misleading us, maybe. But Dame was just doing what he should do to support his teammate and to kind of toe, mm -hmm. the, toe the line like I'm saying. But honestly, I, I think if we are looking more at reality, we should our expectations for Penny should be closer to what our expectations are for Nurk. Than they are for dame as far as the consistency up and down and yes he can really help us he can win games for us but there are gonna oh, be yeah. games too where you look at him and you could say the opposite you could say dude if you don't produce like we expect you to you are losing games for us a little bit a, a, a little bit and I, I i think to your point like yeah i think i think he was done um a done a disservice by by neil because yeah. neil i think i think neil had to really try to defend that pick Right? Yes. Everyone's like, really? Like this guy? Who is this guy coming out of IMG? Like I, no one knows. Like no one knew who Anthony Simons was going into that draft. Right. So this was like, what's going on? So he had to defend that pick. And the easiest way for him to make Blazer fans swallow that pick was mm -hmm. to force feed you. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to be a star. He's going to be the star. He's the next Dame. He's the he's next, the next da Dame. Like, you know, he could be the face of the franchise in the future. Uh, and here's the deal. Ant's 23 years old. Like I'm not. I'm not closing the door on that. I'm no, not just at all. saying I, I want him to take that step. Like we expected him to take the step this year and he's been good, but he just hasn't taken the step that we all expected and wanted him to. Maybe right. it's but another year down the road. Will it, can it still happen? Absolutely. It just has not happened yet when we all thought it was going to. Maybe it's another year down the road. Maybe it's when he has his own team kind of thing. Like In the same way, like what I've tried to taper it back to before to, to get away from the Neil expectations was trying to say he's not Dame's replacement. He could be like a Dame light. To be honest, I'm not even sure if that's there either. We talked last week, Chris, about Penny's real skills are catch and shoot and and attacking the rim, not playmaking, not, not for others. He's, he's not a shot creator for, for other players. It's, it's a little rough, but again, you know, these kind of moving goalposts, expectations, this stuff happens. This is what you do with oh, yeah. sports and with athletes as it moves along. So we'll see. He, he's got more time here. Uh, we'll talk in a little bit about the trade deadline, but my prediction right now, uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we're making a big move before the de deadline. We'll see if you disagree when we get to that. First, though, let's talk about the, the homestand coming up. We talked about the games we just went through. Now we're about to start a six-game homestand. This kicks off against the Philadelphia 76ers. Then we've got the Lakers, the Spurs, the Jazz, the Raptors, and the Hawks. Chris, last week when we were talking about this, you said, and now again, given the context last week, that Blazers had just been a wreck. They had been a mess, a, a, a tire fire, just losing to teams like Orlando, which just should not happen at home. What you said after that was, hey, these the, these final 10 games, the ones we just finished here against Dallas, Cleveland, and Denver, uh, and then these six coming up, We'd be happy, we should be happy if we go three and seven over the final 10, but now we have two wins already against Dallas and we have six games six games left in those 10. Mm -hmm. First question, if we only get one more win out of these final six, who is it? San Antonio. Okay, okay, I like that, that's fair. I, I Philly, I think, is probably gonna be the toughest one of these next six and that's the, the next one up. So, you know, just grin and bear it if you have to, Blazer fans, we'll get there, we'll get through it. Uh, but honestly, I'm not even, I'm not even that worried that we're only going to get one. Like, I think we can beat San Antonio. I think we 
hopefully can take down the Lakers. You never want to lose to the Fakers, especially up here in Portland. <laughs> then, then you get to the Jazz. They, they've been playing pretty well. The Raptors, we lost to a little while ago. Although they've also been struggling. Pascal Siakam has not been rewarding my fantasy roster nearly as well as he was earlier in the season. And I'm not really that worried about the Hawks either. So what would be maybe your updated prediction for these next six? Keith, you know how I feel about predictions. I They're do. They're so hard because you like to come at me when I'm wrong, okay? That's why I don't like them. I don't like being wrong. Uh, I'll say I'll, I'll say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict because it needs to be the minimum. Uh, I'm going to predict three and three. Uh, okay. because it has to be at least that at this point. This is, to, in my opinion, more so than this Denver game. This Denver game, everyone was kind of upset on social media. They were upset in the YouTube chat in, in the live uh, stream of the fifth quarter. And I'm like, why? Like, I think if the Blazer, <laughs> like, even if you had Justice Winslow, Blazers fully healthy, like you're, you're, you probably weren't expecting to get that win against a Denver team that is separated itself as one of the best in the conference right now. Why Top the Blazers the West, have struggled. Like, like losing that game was kind of to be expected. And honestly, I know we critiqued Ant a little bit. Like I, I didn't feel as if the Blazers just played terribly. I just feel like they were outgunned. They were outmanned. They were a little bit outcoached. Even though Malone wasn't coaching, but Maco Coach Malone has put in a, a good foundation there that that team can just churn, right? So like, it was just a tough game. It was going to be a tough game no matter what. Yeah. However... I think the next six games are a make or break stretch for the Blazers, Keith, because you have a chance to either climb those standings or fall back. Maybe you tread water. Hopefully not. But <laughs> for the first time in a long time, six games at home mm -hmm. outside of Justice Winslow, you are fully healthy. Yes, sir. You have Nasir Little back. You have GP2 back. So you don't have that excuse right now of, oh, the injuries are really hurting us, blah, blah, blah. No, you have almost your full complement of guys you have a, a a philadelphia 76er team that is going to be uh very tough right but is also like not they're not unbeatable th 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 this sounds weird like but like they're not as good as they thought they would be at, at this point like <laughs> 20 28 and 16 is very very respectable but i think they thought they would be closer to, you know, that 32 and and 13 or 33, uh, 33 and 12 that the Bucks are, right? Or uh, right, the Celtics right. are, excuse me. Um, but they are third in the East. They're a beatable third in the East, but they're very, very good. And the yeah. thing is, I feel for Yusuf Nurkic here. How often do you have to go Jokic and Bede back to back? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Boy, that is definitely a gauntlet for him. Right. Man. My point on the Sixers is when the Sixers are firing... Uh, I think they're one of the best teams in the league. The Lakers, uh, they have been playing better, but it's also weird that like that's this narrative, right? They're like, oh, Russ has really, really uh, succeeded in that bench role, and LeBron James is doing this, and like, uh, if you if if you don't really watch <laughs> basketball and you just see what the hell's posted on social about their highlights, and half the time you're like, oh, the Lakers must be one of the best teams in the NBA. The Lakers are freaking twenty and twenty-four. They're the third worst <laughs> team in the Western Conference right now. They are a dumpster fire in it's every sense bias, of the word. Man. Absolutely. So, so, so again, very winnable game. Spurs. That should. That's pretty self-explanatory. The, the the Spurs are are struggling. Utah, not as good as they were to start the season, but you can't count them out because right now they're ahead of the blazers in the standings they're basically the blazers right now they're, yeah they're a half game everybody We're in basically the everybody, same spot. everybody in that group utah minnesota oklahoma city portland 
the Clippers are there Clippers. too. So are the Warriors yeah. there at nine, nine and a half back. Oh yeah, Warriors um, only one half game more. Yeah, all those teams right now are up and down, up and yep. down. Yep. I think they can be really, really good on an on night and really, really bad on an off night. And we've seen that from all those teams. So again, that's what you get with Utah. And then there's Toronto. Portland should hopefully beat Toronto. But again, you know, we've seen that story play out already in <laughs> Toronto. So how, how you approach these games, though, Keith, because you look at it and, and just right off the bat and then Atlanta, of course, but like Atlanta's also there's dysfunction there. But we haven't played Atlanta to... yet this year, have we? No. And, yeah, and we then maybe you get a nice good look at uh, future Trailblazer John Collins. Hey, um, there you the go. Fa- but the, but the fact is, just real quick, like again, Atlanta should be beatable. Toronto beatable. Utah beatable. San Antonio beatable. L.A. beatable. So right off the bat, five of those six games, five on and one, paper, baby. and are very winnable <laughs> games, right? So if you don't if you don't get through this with at least three and three, uh, honestly, almost if you don't get through this at least four and two, four and two, yeah. What's your excuse moving forward, Keith? Because you could you couldn't take advantage of a six game homestand against very, very beatable teams with a basically fully healthy roster with a healthy GP2 with a healthy yeah. Nasir Little. The bench if, and, and don't dude. I mean, we haven't even got there. There's no oh, we'll, we'll hours the in the day. Yeah, <laughs> but the bench scoring, the bench scoring and produ- the bench has looked so much better just getting so those two guys back in it. So it's like, again. I'm not putting so much on Winslow here because yeah, is he's good. He's very valuable, but right, you are basically 98% healthy right now with a six-game homestand against very beatable teams. You have to take advantage. If you're three and three or worse, you might need to reevaluate what your your plan is for the rest of the year because that's just not a good look for me. Yeah, uh, we said this earlier in the month. If January was their chance to really eat and buff up their record. If they fell short of that, that could certainly influence what the moves, uh, what the decisions would be around the trade deadline. Listeners, we are in the thick of the NBA season and there are so many variables right now. Can Dame stay healthy enough to lead the team or are we going to have to rely more on Jeremy? Will the Blazers make a move before the deadline or are we going to wait for the offseason? Can we make the playoffs straight up or are we going to get stuck in the play-in tournament in the middle of this stacked Western Conference? One thing's for sure, I know when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's not even the only promotion they have with DraftKings, but let me say this again so you're totally clear. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN for the Basketball Podcast Network. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do win. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Chris, let's talk about the bench. Uh, they went from scoring about 10-ish points per game <laughs> Felt last like week it. when we were talking. No, it was like fully. When I was looking at the... Uh, they had one game, they had what? Three points? Was that three a, points? Like a, they, they, Shaden oh, Sharp hit a three. That was the all the points they scored. That was against the Raptors. So up in Toronto, Shaden Sharp uh, in his essentially hometown game scores three points. That's the only points we get from the bench. Next game against Orlando when we come back home here, we had 16 points total between uh, Sharp, Eubanks, and, and Gary Payton when he just came back. Cleveland, the next game where Dame goes off for 50 and we fell six points short of winning that game and all that happened in the final five minutes. We only had nine points between Jabari Walker, Drew Eubanks, and Shaden Sharp. No one else on the bench scored for us. That's insane. But then Dallas comes around. Gary Payton is healthy. We're, we're back home. Maybe people are kind of more settled in. And it was 26, 
30 even, and I think even 32 the next game against Dallas again. And so it's it's looking better, and that's the kind of thing you need so we don't have to rely on Dame to score those 50s and 44s mm -hmm. night in, night out for it. The, the bench production is key, and we're seeing it turn around. What do you think was the turnaround? Was it just Gary Payton coming back? Was it maybe when Nas came in more? I'm with you that Justice Winslow is not going to be a game changer, but at the same time, he might be enough of a game changer for, for what we need right now. It's just, it's been that thin. It's multifaceted here uh, in the last few games. I think part of it is is Coach Billups, especially yeah. with Dame's His performance has, has, has gone a little bit more to uh, the, the, the pick and roll and putting guys in positions to succeed. Um, but then obviously GP's had, had been a little bit of a spark. He's, he, I mean, he's had, uh, you know, Cleveland, and Denver, he, he he registered zero points, but he had a 10-point performance against Dallas. Five points, he's getting some uh, good steals. Uh, yeah. Making the defense, uh, making the offense work. Like, even if he's not filling up box scores, um, he's doing a very good job. And this is the thing, oh, yeah. like I was telling Chad on the fifth quarter, is like the, the impact that GP has is the defense plays better with him on the court. I think that's evident. And that can help mask some of the the lack of scoring from the bench because if your bench isn't scoring but you're also doing a better job not letting the other team score then then you're doing a better job you know treading water with that second unit and not just losing leads or whatnot um that's better i think right off the bat i think nasir little has shown that he is offering some some scoring punch yeah um, and he's shooting the ball well again he only had two against denver but i just think the whole team kind of struggled outside of dame he, against he's shaking denver. off rust and at least he's taking shots yeah. man like but he looked about very, Josh he looked very he good about, from outside yeah he looked very good against Denver he's not afraid to shoot uh, so once he shakes off that rust that will be fine I think you look at guys like Shaden Sharp uh, who to this point he's been he's been good but he's also one I think one knock on him from a lot of people is just his hesitancy hesitancy to be aggressive right mm, um, Trendon yeah. Watford I think is good but he's not very aggressive offensively I think GP knows that he's not an offensive player but he also doesn't have any fear on offense like he, he, yeah, he doesn't hesitate Nasir Little doesn't hesitate and both you put both of them on the floor the biggest thing i think that bench unit was lacking outside of just a pure score was just energy guys and those well, energy. two guys are energy guys they bring a spark they get the ball moving also nasir and gp keith both have a play style where they can do the exact same thing that has made the the starting unit good and that is the rebound push the tempo right that josh mm, yeah Hart transition is offense yeah so it starts putting guys like like uh drew eubanks has been playing very very well since both of those guys got back into the lineup uh just because push the tempo get him easy buckets at the rim so there's so many facets to it it's not fixed by any means yet no. uh, but it, it is going in, in a better direction having those two guys back it's definitely not fixed, but I, I I am happy having 30 for coming from the bench. That feels a lot more comfortable than the 10 we've been getting. We mm -hmm. talked last week too about uh, the trust issue with Chauncey. Like, did he he just wasn't trusting the bench? He wasn't giving them minutes to even really produce. And you know, part of what helps trust is maybe getting guys back in there, like. Hayden and Nas, who have years of experience, where previously we've been playing uh, Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker, rookies. And, you know, you're talking about Sharp uh, and his hes hesitancy. It's more or less kind of a rookie symptom, you know? I, like, it's these guys still new to the league, aren't they don't really know their place. They don't know exactly how to fit in, when to take the shot versus when to pass, when to drive. Stuff, stuff that we saw from Nasir Little in years past as well. So it's, I think, just getting a little bit more, you know, yeah, just, just years yeah, more experience yeah. in there is going to help a lot. Yeah. Yeah, where's your experience? So it is kind of interesting. Think about this real quick. Nasir Little is in his fourth year uh, in the NBA right now, but <laughs> he's still 
at this point, three games shy of playing two full years worth of basketball. Yikes. Yeah, man. He's had a rough go. 161 career games played. Wow. Yeah, that's that's rough. Hey, I mean, but again, it hasn't all been... We've talked before about if an injury bug label needs to be attached to Nas. I'm still not sold that it has to be. It certainly has gotten a little sketchier for him, but it's been a number of different kinds of injuries been dealing with. You know, between I feel like, COVID I feel and like illness stuff. And, yeah. Nasir's different. Like... Injury prone, maybe, but also like I just think his his injuries have more so just been like a weird run of bad luck, like mm, yeah, the COVID right, and then the dehydration thing at the bubble, like getting like that hip uh, injury that he just sustained, like that would have happened to anybody had they took that hard fall. Right, like, that was right. not a not a that good a fall. fall. Like he's he's not like a like a Steph Curry who has to take extra caution because his ankles might be made of literal glass, like. Like, like, I think he just has a weird run of bad luck more so than just being an injury prone guy. It's as weird as that sounds. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, and I, you know, we've kind of talked about the same kind of way for Nurk in the past too. He had a major injury and he's had a lot of minor ones. And I think people start to be like, oh, he, you know, missed so many games, doesn't play enough, he's always injured. And it's it's just not true. It, it, we're just, we're seeing that it's not true. You still can have issue with Nurk maybe not being as consistent as we would like. Then again, when he's been healthy, we're seeing a lot more overall consistent play. As good as Nurk is, and even as much as he could be more consistent, he's not going to be suddenly some superstar like Embiid or something, or like Dame. You know, he's not going to be scoring. He's not going to be putting up 20 and 10 every single night for us. This is not his skill set. It's not how the team is oriented around him. Similar to that, Chris, you you were talking earlier about Penny Simons and how, like, I, I made the comparison that. Penny's expectations should be a little more aligned with how we see Nurk in that same sense. Just the consistency isn't always there. He's still learning, still kind of figuring out exactly where he fits and how, how to make it work for him on a, on a regular basis. But that's kind of been the problem, right? Is that the guys that we're putting in here as far as our 2A, 2B between Jeremy Grant and Penny Simons, much like we've had in the past with, with this team, they're just not quite at the star level. They're, they're more of those kind of fringe all-stars. They could be stars. They could grow into them or blossom into being stars when they really kind of reach their peak, but they're not really there right now. And it's kind of, and, and it's the guys that we are relying on to be there. I think Jeremy Grant is an absolute solid three, not a small forward three. Just like if a you have option? a very, very balanced roster, he's like your third guy. Third right? guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Ant is very up and down to me. I know some people absolutely love him and are going to crucify me for saying that. That's fair. <laughs> Cause if you love him, you love him. Keith, Keith loves him. I know he does, but I just, the consistency like uh, there is just, it's, it's awkward to me. I think like my biggest thing is like, look at Damian Lillard and the aggressiveness he plays with Ant plays very, very passive. Mm. And I think that's kind of who he is. I mean, look at the way he interacts with with media over the years, the way he talks like he's just a very he, like he he's the guy that you would call a, a quiet guy. Right. 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 And so I think sometimes his game reflects that personality and you want to be able to find a way uh, to get that get that dog out of him. Get just yeah. get him to play with a ferocity. I know how we do it. Did you see the the nickname segment on Saturday against the Mavs? We go to see that game on Saturday against the Mavs and in the arena at, during one of the breaks, I think probably halftime. They're talking about the Chinese New Year, and so they ha they had some uh, some nicknames for the players that I think are maybe coming from overseas, coming from the other audiences. Mm -hmm. And the first one up, they have Gary Payton to sit down, and the nickname translates to handcuff. 
or the handcuffer handcuffs something. And it's like, you can see Peyton. He's like, yeah, yeah, I like it. And honestly, I like it more than Mitten, man. I, I think handcuff is a much more intimidating, more like strong nickname than calling him the Mitten just because his dad was the glove. Uh, I, I like the handcuff and I kind of want to make that stick. GP2, the handcuff. But eventually they got to Simon's and Penny Simon's nickname was Baby Psy. And I think this is, uh, I think it was a reference to, you know, Simon, Sai, and, and him being young. And so just, I mean, maybe something about translation, just baby Sai is what came out. But again, when, when I, like I said, when Gary Payton got handcuffs and he heard that and he's like, yeah, I like it in the chair. Penny Simons, hears, hears, he hears baby Sai and he goes, baby Sai. Me? Like he, he was, he was, it was like a dramatic pause and he's just sitting back in the chair. He's like, me? And the face just didn't change. Uh-huh. Just stone cold. He's not into it. And of course, what did we do up in the arena except uh, start talking about baby side do 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 do? Oh baby my side, God. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm leaving this podcast. <laughs> Look, I'm sticking with Penny. I'm sticking with Penny Simons. That's always going to be, he's going to be Penny Simons for me. But Baby Sigh and the Baby Shark song, I could not stop laughing. I loved it. Especially just because he looked so irked. I mean, if you, if you let yourself, come on, man. Like, if you let yourself get so visibly not cool with something as silly as a nickname, like Baby Sigh, he just, he was so not into it on camera. The whole arena was laughing about it. Like, it's, it, was, it was great. It was a fun moment. See, that's the stuff I'm talking about. It's just that quiet guy who can't, can't get out of that little shell and have a little yeah, bit of fun yeah. and, and, and open up. He's got to become Baby Sigh. He's got to bust out. I think if out. you can do that. Yeah, I think if you can do that and open up your game as well, just play with, again, just a little more. Play with an edge. Mm. These these are all cliche things I'm saying, but it's like you need it. Play play with a little anger, even like it's just like I want to see I want to see Ant be like look at look at uh, Luca and Dame chirping at each other the other night. Like I want to see I want to see that. I want to see that out of Ant, but just it's just and we see it every now there. and then. We, like we see a little bit. There was there was something recently where he got called, and you could see his brow get furrowed. He kind of like went at the ref, but it may be the first time I've ever seen him get a little mad at a ref's call and go over and like confront him about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you want more of it. That's all. Yep, uh, agreed. All right, final topic here before we get out. The trade deadline is February 9th. That is the day. When, if the Blazers are going to make a move, like we saw last year, this was the time period when they had to move CJ by and everything changed. Then after that, we saw Simons kind of take over the, 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 the Swiss cheese bench roster that we had going there for the final stretch of the season. If the Blazers are going to make a move, this is when it starts. This is when we have to start thinking about it happening. And like we said earlier, if we don't perform well in these games, that might increase the likelihood of it. But Time for another prediction, sir. Where do you sit right now? Do the Blazers make a move before the deadline? If so, is it like up for a big star? Or is it filling out some bench role players? What do you think is the uh, the best course of action for them? Keith, there is not an answer, unfortunately. There's still too much up in the air. I mean, the Blazers could win five of these six games at home and, and drastically change their lot. They could drop five of these six games at home and drastically change their lot. Like, think about it. If they win say they win five of six all right so that puts them uh at 26 and 24 two games above 500 currently two games above 500 if everyone else holds pat puts them at like fifth in the west all right okay because dallas is currently fifth in the west at three three games above 500 so it puts them at fifth or sixth but if you lose those five and now you're at 22 and 28 
you're dropping probably down to 12th, 13th, and now, okay, now you're more in the, like the lottery spot. So it's like, that's why I think these six games are so important because it can Very either jump, jump you back up and put you in a legit playoff spot or it can drop you out of them. Like, right, like if you tread water through this and you get through these six games and you're still at 10th or 11th, you've done nothing. You've mm. done nothing and you didn't take advantage unless like every other team won the same exact amount and there was no movement and you have a little bit to lean on. But over the next six, seven games, like if you can get out of that and put yourself in a good position heading into the trade deadline, like if you are in, let's put it this way, like if you are firmly in sixth place heading into the deadline and maybe you've tried to gap some people, you put you know one, two games, two game gap in between six and seven, whatever. And you are now in a spot where like, okay, maybe we are that piece away from jumping in from six to fourth, making a legit playoff run. Like then you have to think about attacking the trade deadline with some frogs, oh, right? Oh, okay. So so if playing you, well, you think would make them more likely to make a, a big move? Would, I think would make them more likely uh, to win a, uh, make a trade. If you don't play well up to the trade deadline, then what's the point? Well, oh, to bring in a piece right now when we're a fringe play-in team. Well, I'm, like, I'm with you on that, but there's concern too about Jeremy Grant uh, signing the extension, right? Like, And, and Josh Hart uh, on the expiring contract as well. I think there's maybe concern if the team is not doing well, does that put him in a position where like, hey, there's we got to no, unload uh, something to get value? I no, I don't think there's any concern with Jeremy Grant at all. Good. Um, maybe on I your end, but I don't I don't think there's any uh, concern on the Blazers' end or his end. I think, Jer- I think Josh Hart might be almost a certainty to be moved um mm. because here's the the unfortunate aspect of this he has the player option i think the way he's playing right now is showing a lot of value to a lot of teams mm. and if portland is going to decide that they are going to just skirt by for the rest of the year and not make a giant move one way or the other it would possibly it would make sense to trade him to one of those playoff teams and get some sort of asset back, even if it's just a, a, a pick in the upcoming draft or a nice young piece, do something because the odds of him picking up that player option, I think to are relatively here. low yeah. considering I think he can make much more than his player option on that open market. I believe that player option sitting at around 12 mil. When we've seen the way things are going, his open market value, probably 15 to 20, somewhere in between there. For a really good rotation player who can offer a lot to a lot of teams um we'll see it's all i mean if his agent thinks that his value is not more then maybe that player option is now enticing to continue to build something but i think that he's he is a, a very very tradable piece like i'm putting that at like 80 percent that he gets traded uh before the deadline if you don't move him before the deadline keith the season yes. ends he doesn't pick up the player option he enters free agency you get nothing in return for your asset Mm. So so, what, so the only way we keep Josh Hart would theoretically be like really crushing these next f- six games, uh, making him think, oh, I got to pick up that player option and stay here. And then we probably get ourselves in a horrible position as far as trying to pay all the players anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, so that's <laughs> it's just the other factor, the contracts and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that one factors in. But again, what I just checked, they got 11 games before the deadline. You're not going to win all of them. But let's just say they did. You win all those games. You're at 32 and 23. You win 70% of those games. So you go seven and four. Okay. So seven and four puts you at 28 and 27. So you're one game above 500. The Blazers have to take advantage of this stretch. They're in a very, very bad spot right now heading into the deadline because 
500 ball is not where you want to be at the deadline. It's hard you to figure be, out the path. Yeah. You want to be up at the top or you want to be down at the bottom because mm. then you at least have a, have a, a path right a in clear front idea, of you that's, a clear direction. that's easy to take. The, yeah. the, the path for the Blazers right now is not clear. And if not. they don't take advantage of this stretch of games, Keith, and they are close again to 500, like I said, I, even if you are, like I said, I think if you're one or two games above 500, that's drastically different again, because that could, that could vault you to fifth place, uh, depending on how other teams play, because this, this chunk right here is so tight. That's why yeah. the long story short, we have to have it in every podcast is I <laughs> do not know the answer. I don't think there is an answer. I think Joe Cronin is still sitting there sweating in his office going, okay, what are we going to do? Cause we don't have, like we have, we have option A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We don't know which is A. We don't know what the priority like we, choice we, yeah, should be. Yeah, we know what. Yeah, yeah, and and D could become A if we win yeah, the next six yeah. games. Like yeah. so, so it's 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 a tough spot because like if you're the Nuggets, right? You're 100 percent a buyer, right? At the right, going yeah. into the deadline, they're not they're not trying to get rid if, of anyone. Nope. If you're Memphis, you're a buyer. If you're the Pelicans, you're a buyer. If you're they're the trying Kings, to load up. right? If you're the Kings right now, as weird as that sounds, if you're the Kings, <laughs> you're a buyer. Kings are in fourth place in the West. That's crazy. Right. They're, they're four games you get ahead down, of the Blazers. Yeah. That's and just then you absurd. get down to the rest. And I think you could argue that the Mavericks are buyers because they could be a, a, a piece could help them. The Warriors, I think the Warriors are a stand pat team because they just got to, you know, get healthy and just get churning because when they're churning, they're fine. The Clippers are, pro are a stand pat team because it's just if we can get, Ka uh, Ka you know, Kawhi to play, actually, like we're good. <laughs> uh, Utah, probably a, a seller, to be completely honest, just because. Like, I think that they know that they can still get some return on their other investments and continue to build that thing with the, with not a lot of money invested. Well, it's a smart well, move. This was their plan like, from the beginning, too, though, is they, they didn't yeah, they just, they good just, this they year. They just outkick the coverage, right? Uh, right. Minnesota, Minnesota uh, I don't know how good Minnesota is. Um, so I think they're, they're, they are basically in probably in the same exact boat that Portland's in. Um, yep. O Oklahoma yeah. City, they got assets up the <laughs> ass and can do whatever the hell they want. Young assets. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think Phoenix is not necessarily a seller, uh, uh, except they'd still want to try to get rid of Jay Crowder. Uh, maybe DeAndre <laughs> Ayton, because there's still some friction going on there, uh, but you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, the, so the Blazers, again, they're in that weird spot, man. Like if I, if yeah. I, like if I'm the Blazers, I don't care what the record is. I'm buying. I am buying. Oh, okay. And if that means, it, yeah, let's put it that way. Cause I'm not, yeah. we've talked about what they're going to do uh, and what, how the record could change it. If I'm in the chair, I am buying, buying, buying. And if that means I have to dangle Anthony Simons, I, I, I'm doing it. And yep. the reason I'm doing it, Keith, is because that game against the Nuggets proved to me that the Blazers need a secondary true STAR star. Ant is not a star. Jeremy Grant is tier b like he's he's i think he's the top of the of, of tier b in the nba but he's up there with the aaron gordons like aaron gordon right, is not right, a right. nba star quotes he's a very 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 good piece like he might look lineup. like a star on a bad team yeah. but yeah when you put him with other good yeah. pieces he's not and that that's a where guy. jeremy grant that's where jeremy grant is to me but the mm. nuggets have two legit stars because if you don't think jamal murray is jamal a legit murray. star i don't oh think God. you've been watching enough jamal murray for through his career he's now impressive. that he's healthy and he's shaking off the rust love yeah. his game they have guys they can rely on outside of Jokic. it just helps that they have nikola Jokic, right the blazers <laughs> in bit. that game against the nuggets i don't think they played terribly I just think the lack of a true second star to help Dame hurt them. Now, 
you have to clarify because the Blazers, in my opinion, have had two legit stars before because I firmly believe CJ McCollum is a oh, legit right, yeah. star type player. The difference is you you just can't have two stars on the Blazers team that are two undersized guards. A small right? guards, so yeah. So you totally. need to be looking for a small forward or a power forward or someone to bring in that is a legit bona fide star. And the best way to do that, unfortunately, is to dangle a guy like Anthony Simons because of his upside. And you know what? Maybe you go out there and you're like, you can dangle an ant and you can dangle uh, a Josh Hart with them. So you can go get someone that's making 30 mil. Who's a legit star. Who hey, that guy go. is. I don't know. Everyone goes, Oh, who's it going to be Burkhart? I'm not Joe Cronin. <laughs> I'm just throwing out there what I think they need. And if you go get that legit, again, bona fide star. You, okay. So now you have to slide freaking shade and sharp into the two for a little, I don't care. You, I still think you're like, Okay, like I know that I know that there's been uh, you know he's missing uh, games right now. He's 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 inactive. Don't know when he'll return. But like, let's see, these guys are fully healthy. Like you can't tell me that like Ant and Hart to Chicago for a Demar Derozan doesn't dr- like drastically change the Blazers lineup because Demar Ooh. Derozan is a legit bucket S T A R star. Yeah, right? he's absolutely a star. Right. And, and and when you're playing with him, you're not playing with an undersized guard. Nope. You slide him into your small forward position at 6'6", 220 and be good. Play Shaden Sharp alongside of him. Oh, oh, but Shaden Sharp struggles. Shaden Sharp's only going to go score, you know, six points a night, eight points a night. Yeah, that's what Josh Hart's giving you right now. And he's your starting three. The difference between Josh Hart and, and Anthony Simons and DeMar DeRozan. Oh, is DeMar DeRozan's averaging 26 per night every single night. Like yeah. the dude's a stud. Like He's again, done. a legit bucket, a legit star. star. Now you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be able to go get him because I don't think they're going to sell him. But again, if you are giving, if you have to give up Ant to go get Jimmy Butler, who would be almost a perfect mm. player next to Damian freaking oh, Lillard. Man, that's a match. That type of, that type of move, uh, to quote our friends over at 1080 to the fan, that type of move makes my sports pants tight. <laughs> like, 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 like. So that's the type of move that I think the Blazers need to make. I know that Blazer fans go again. They're going to they love to they love to tell me how wrong I am all the time. B-Max that's fun. B-Max going to comment on this podcast before it's even posted. That's how advanced he is. <laughs> it's a favorite pastime on the Discord for th- sure. Those are the type of moves, Keith, that I think need to happen to get the Blazers over the hump. And yeah. I think I, I think Bla- Blazer fan needs to acknowledge that if you truly want to build around Dane and you want to take advantage of his window, I think getting rid of Ant is the answer because that's the only piece that you have that can go bring in the type of talent that you want. Because if Chicago decides that they want to sell on DeMar or Miami decides that they want to sell on Jimmy Butler, who has struggled, I mean, injuries, he's been in and out. He's, but the point is, if they decide they want to sell, they're going to want a nice, young, building, building piece in return. And I think that's Anthony Simons. DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, like you said. We've mentioned John Collins before. We've talked about OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam from up uh, in Toronto. The only, the, only ba- the only bad part about OG and John is that they're not... Like, John Collins, I think, would be a really good fit in Portland. He's not a bona fide star, though. Oh, okay, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so th- those guys are maybe a little bit more of that B tier, John Collins and OG. Yeah. But, okay, so so uh, DeMar, uh, Jimmy Butler, or Pascal Siakam, who we've talked about before as well... All those guys, if you wanted to get them, they'd fit here. They would 
be a giant massive upgrade for our overall talent and uh, our versatility on offense, and they, they play both directions. The way that you get them has to involve moving Penny Simons. So you just you can't make it work oh, yeah. another way. Yeah, I think I think a tier I think a tier B player would work. Uh, John Collins or an OG if you could if you could get them without giving up Ant somehow because then uh, I I would take another tier B player rather than getting rid of a couple of my my air quotes sure. tier yeah, B yeah, players yeah. Uh, to get a tier A guy. I think another tier B player could help. Um, yeah, it still so, helps. God, if you could get me John Collins without giving up Ant, I'd take that all day long. It, 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 what you know, I take it to seven days a week, twice on Sunday, so to speak. Right? <laughs> Just give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Um, but again, I think when you talk about these potential rumors and what it would take to go get these guys and uh, guys like a Demar Derozan or Jimmy Butler who aren't even on the market, but you know the Blazers and other teams are going to call about because they're just too good of fits. Like it, it's it's these moments where I'm just like, gosh, I would not want to be Joe Cronin. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is, I would this not want to be Joe Cronin. This is why a GM gets paid, man. These are these kind of decisions are the tough decisions, and like we're saying, it's hard to even know what kind of things could trigger him to go a certain way like what which playing well or playing poorly which one of those is going to trigger him to say we're taking this fork or that fork as far as how to build the team next but yep i trust joe man i i like what he's been doing so far despite the up and down we've had recently in the in the recency bias of the blazers kind of struggling i am enjoying this team i i i enjoy the draft pick of Shaden Sharp a lot more than I expected to. I am loving what we've seen from Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart. So that move uh, for CJ McCollum, I think has done wonders for us. Even the move to, uh, even the move of Rocco and Norm to LA for Justice Winslow, Keon, we've seen some good stuff from that. I think it's all been positive. It's going the right direction, but it's not done. So we'll get into more of that. Uh, we'll get into more of the trade uh, details and deadlines next week as we maybe find a little more out about how the team is doing. We can predict a little more and uh, you know, as, as much as we know Chris enjoys all the predictions, we can just dive into more of those next week as far as having a little more information and, and what we think Joe will do. But for now, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, all of you, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsy basketball, and our latest episode. We hope you come and join us on Discord. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. <laughs>